Welcome back to Twigs on the Rocks. I'm Leo Blonder, this is Dave Lovich, and in this episode, of course, we will be recapping round two and predicting round three. Um, last episode, we recapped round one, predicting round two. This one, we're recapping round two, predicting round three. Um, but actually, before we get into this, we won't be able to record for a couple months due to the fact that I'm working at camp and Abe will not be here. So sadly, we will miss the rest of the playoffs, the expansion draft, the normal draft, a ton of free agency. We're really sorry. But at the end of this, or I guess at the end of the two and a, about two and a half months, we will create a special edition episode Well, we will pretty much recap all of the off-season events. It's going to be a sick episode. So if you do watch one episode, if you want to get into hockey, I guess, um, really anything, you can just watch that, be filled in on literally everything. It's going to be sick. So, um, yeah, on that note, we will be recapping round two. Abe, want to get started? Yeah, let's take it to the – Let's the first matchup I'm going to pick is the Bruins versus Islanders. This one hurt pretty close to home. The Islanders beat the Bruins 4-2, to two, but I have to say – it wasn't exactly a dominating series in any way. Oh, um, maybe towards the end, it was a little bit in the Islanders' favor as they won three in a row. But looking back, let's if we start with at the first game, it like it was all a it was all a normal game, and Boston dominated five to two. They go one and one in the first, one and one in the second, and then Boston has three great plays in a row in the third period. Yeah, I mean. Boston really dominated game one. They played really well. After game one, I was like, oh, the Bruins are winning this series. And the last time I thought that, like, I was like, oh, for sure. Uh, the Bruins are for sure definitely winning. Uh, it was actually a Stanley Cup final, and then they ended up losing. So it was disappointing. Uh, I guess I'm just bad at predicting uh, Bruins series. But, um, yeah, after game one, game two, Islanders winning overtime off of a Jeremy Lozon mistake. Oh, I guess it was really just unlucky, but he passed it. He tried to go D to D. It hit off Coyle's back skate, but perfectly to, I think, Cal Clutterbuck, and he went in on the breakaway. Scored. Oh, it what? Sizikas. Sorry. Casey Sizikas. Both have C names. That is my fault. I'm a little tired. That is a okay. good catch, Abe. Um, yeah, and he scored on the, on the breakaway. Disappointing, but the series goes to 1-1. Yeah, but even even at that point, even though the Bruins scored, scored – three goals in game two. Bruins had so many more chances and Varlamov kept shutting them down. Every amazing play just kept getting shut down by Varlamov. He had a great game, even though it was a, like in the wins and losses of both those games. But then when both teams go to the island, the Bruins take one in overtime in game three. And I think Brad Marchand scores early in overtime. It was this beautiful shot with like maybe a three degree angle and he just snipes it in behind Varlamov. It was a beauty yeah i mean i thought boston kind of outplayed them for a majority of the game except for the end of the third period where they were really just hanging on trying to get overtime and also in overtime i thought the islanders really outplayed the bruins until you know marchand kind of just got the puck shot it in perfect shot uh many guys wouldn't even attempt that shot but marchand shot it perfectly kind of maybe surprised by a llama maybe one he should have had but really just a phenomenal shot it goes in Boston goes up 2-1, having all the momentum, but then they lose game four. Um, game four was not, like, I mean, game four, they got whooped, or not like whooped, they lost four to one. Um, I think, what, two of them were empty netters, I believe. So yeah. maybe it was just one. No, no, I think, yeah, no, it was two. Sezikis and Padre scored empty netters. It was close all game. 
But uh, Barzell made the score 2-1 late in the third, and uh, Sadiqa Pacho scored the empty netters. I thought it was a really close game, really could have gone either way. And, yeah, uh, so, yeah, I mean, the Islanders tied it 2-2 from that one. Yeah, and then after that trip to the island, like, I would say even though that the scores don't look very close, I think the series was neck and neck at this point. Like, it was just hard fought. Both teams were at their wits end with each other, and it was in, it was intense. And then, but when they go on a game five back in Boston, like the Islanders won this game five to four in Boston, which was the worst part of it because they were really counting on having that Boston energy in the stadium. And it just sucked for them to lose that. And they also outshot them 44 to 19. And it was a one goal game. It's like Varlama just kept shutting down every little thing Boston sh- threw at him. And he just destroyed every little play except and it was bad. And then also there was a bit of goalie troubles with Boston as Rask was facing a bit of an injury the whole time and Swayman got a bit of playing time. Yeah, I mean, also, uh, this is the infamous game uh, where Bruce Cassidy said the New York Saints, just because, uh, I mean, I personally think this, some people don't, but the Bruins kind of lost this game, not only because they couldn't really convert their chances, but also the refs were just not in their favor. I'm not blaming the entire game on the refs, but it certainly did not help the Bruins cause. Um, I mean, Corrali had a slashing penalty in the first period where he lightly, like none of this was called, like there were huge hits, major slashes in the beginning of the first period. Corrali like, lightly taps the guy, gets a penalty in New York, scores in the power play. And like, yes, I what New York went three for four in the power play. It's a terrible penalty kill by the Bruins, but like, it's also a great power play by the Islanders. So I don't know. I mean, you probably shouldn't win if you go one for four in the penalty kill, but you also shouldn't have four opportunities to kill penalties when it really should have just been one or two. Yeah, the refs were definitely a large factor in this game, but they weren't everything. It's like Barry Trotz really, like he's, I, when I was watching the game, I noticed that the Islanders' offensive strategies were a little different. They, they were really mixing things up. They weren't going with their normal hard-fought like way of entering the zone. They actually did, adopted a bit of Boston's dump and chase method, which you got to hand it to Barry Trotz, really worked for them in this game. But yeah. still, the rest were a large part of it. And it was just, it was an ugly game to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I was there personally, not very many people, especially all the drunk Boston fans were uh, not happy with the refs. But uh, yeah, I mean, like teams that win Stanley Cups, even when they're not playing their best game, like the Islanders played besides their power play, they find way, like ways to win games where they were outplayed and they were really outplayed in this game. That really seized momentum for them and that resulted in dominance in game six. In no way should the Bruins have won game six. They just got outplayed the entire game. Um, disappointing for them. Great for the Islanders. Obviously move on to play, uh, move on to play Tampa. So, yeah, I mean, the Islanders really just they, – they won some games that they probably shouldn't have, really seized momentum, and ended up being the Bruins 4-2. So, yeah, I mean, Islanders, great for them. Bruins, not great. Agent core, a lot of questions in the offseason. That will be answered in our next episode in two and a half months. So, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, but say with these series, I, I would say the Islanders deserve to win it after looking at Boston's goalie troubles and then looking at how they played – but I could think I would say that the Islanders can go far. I'm well, obviously every team's a contender when there's only four teams left, but I'd say that they're looking like one of the, some of the better teams after not only that they were like helped by refs and that like 
Barzal had some very aggressive goals. But like because Barry Trotz's way of just changing and adapting or make like the play style and what they do to, to their competitor, which really assisted them against a tough team like Boston. But like we said, Boston will be playing Tampa Bay because they defeated the Carolina Hurricanes four to one. Leo, why don't you get us started with it? Yeah, I mean, Tampa, I mean, the scores were close, but Tampa really just really dominated the entire series. They won game one, two to one, and game two, also two to one. Two what you would call close games, but Tampa kind of outplayed them the entire time. And I'm pretty sure, was it game one? Yeah, it was game one. It was one to one, third period, 12-39 into the third period. Barkley Goodrow kind of just gets it, shoots it like low and hard on goal. And it kind of just surprised Delkovich. He was just um, he was just like not good on that play, let up the game winning goal. And yeah, it was just, just not good for them. And I think that kind of epitomized the series. Yes, they were, yes, the uh, Hurricanes were dealing with a little bit of injuries, but um, yeah, I mean, they couldn't get their goaltending solidified. And yeah, I just thought the Lightning generally just played better than them. Yeah, they were a better team to also take um, Carolina in their home stadium. Cause even though they won these two games by one goal games, these are both away games. And I think after COVID, fans coming back with more energy, the away team has a bit of a disadvantage. So when they win both of these games, two to one, it has a very large effect. But then when we go back to Tampa, actually, things get a little closer as it goes to overtime. It starts out, it's a very, very physical matchup in the first period with no goals. And then second period, it goes two, Carolina scores two goals within three minutes. And then, and then how... Tampa responds, they score another goal like two minutes later. Then obviously they scored the game winning goal. Both the Tampers were on the power play in the second period. And then in overtime, after his tie, Jordan Stahl makes a beautiful play on, on a power play and tips it in. Like it was a good game, but like going up, going up down, sorry, going down two to one with your away games to play, that's tough to come back from that, come back from. And they didn't really get to do it. Yeah, and also, I mean, if you go down, like, if you go, if you lose this game in overtime, if you go down 3-0, not only are you down 3-0, that's horrible, but you're down 3-0 to a Lightning team that's just better than you. Like, you're not going to come back. And so, it was a must-win game for Carolina. I thought if, I mean, obviously, it was pretty much a must-win either way, but if they didn't win, they were going to not win the series. And if they did win, I still thought they had a fighting chance, but it wasn't very likely. And I was correct. The Lightning won games four and five. Game four had eight goals in the second period. It was an absolute barn burner. The second period, absolute uh, snipe fest, as some people say, with a total of eight goals. Tampa actually came all the way back. They were down, what was it? Um, around 4-2 and ended up winning 6-4. Tampa, three for six on the power play. Just phenomenal from them. And yeah, I just thought... Tampa won this game. Nice little comeback. No way they're going to lose game five. And they didn't. They ended up winning 2-0. Shot them down defensively. Yeah, but I would say the MVP for Tampa of this series would be Andre Vasilevsky. Because then in the in the series winning game, he puts up a shutout against 29 Hurricane shots. And he plays out of his mind, making these amazing diving saves. He plays better than he played all series, which is still Vesna Trophy level. And... Point and Colton both get the goals of the game and they sweep and they beat out the series. I know that I predicted Carolina to win this, but when you re- 
really look at how well Tampa has been playing, how well their coaching staff has been getting their players back from injury, it is a sight to see. And they're looking very, very hot right now. Yeah. And uh, I mean, obviously, Tampa knocked the Greens out last year. Islanders knocked the Greens out this year. But I'd rather have Tampa win just because, like, I don't like the Islanders a little more. You know, I just, their, their fans are more annoying. I'm sorry if any of you guys are Islanders fans. It's but true. It's so true. Like, the Tampa fans were like, hey, good game. Islanders fans were like, screw you. So, kind of rooting for Tampa here <laughs> in the next round. Although Tampa's down 1-0. But we'll get into that later. Moving on to our next series, Montreal versus Winnipeg. Montreal down 3-1 against Toronto in round one. Comes all the way back. Wins two overtime games. Wins game seven. Has full momentum going into round two. Sweeps a Winnipeg Jets team that swept the Edmonton Oilers. We've seen this many times. I think it was in the 2019 playoffs where Co- Wait, it was every single I, I team that there's swept another sweep. team. Like lost a, there's a the ton of reverse sweeps. Yeah. yeah. Every team that swept another team lost in the next round in the, in the 2019 playoffs. Like the Bruins, they swept the Carolina. I believe that. Um, I think Pittsburgh swept on another team. I forget which. Wait, it was like, it was a whole chain of events. I think Pittsburgh swept a team in the first round and then lost to Carolina in the second round. They might have swept them. I don't remember who got swept by Boston. Oh, no, I know. No, no, no. And then also... Carolina got swept by Boston. Yeah, yeah, Carolina got swept by Boston. And then also Columbus in the first round swept Tampa and then lost to Boston in the second round. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And uh, Montreal dominated the series. The games, like, they, they, they were close. I mean, there were two one-goal games. And then uh, besides that, I think the Canadians pretty much just had momentum the entire series. And, like... I guess it, it doesn't matter how good you are. It does in the playoffs matter how good you are, but it also really matters how hot you are. And if you get hot right before the playoffs, going into the playoffs, uh, you'll be a great playoff team. Montreal is getting hot at the right time, but they are facing a team in the next round that also got hot at their right time, which we will get into in a second. But Montreal, I mean, they won game one, five, three, game two, one, zero. Phenomenal play by Carey Price, 30 shots, 30 saves. Game three, they dominate when 5-1. And game four, they win in overtime, 3-2. The goal by Tyler DeFoley was beautiful in this little one-timer. And, yeah, Montreal swept Winnipeg. And, yeah, I just – I mean, Montreal, I hate this. Like, you know, like I'm a Bruins fan. Like, I like I like seeing an underdog. But, like, yeah, it's, it's their time to lose now, you know. It's Montreal. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I do think that they're going to lose. But going back to the series – like, I think a lot of, like, in their heads momentum sweep for at least Montreal was when uh, Mark Schleifley made a terrible, dirty hit on um, – who was it on Montreal? Uh, Evans. Yes. Yeah. And then he he gets – he goes on the structure. It was – they were down one goal. The Montreal player already scored the wraparound empty net, and he decks him shoulder to face, knocks him out. He has to get pulled off on a stretcher and Schleifer gets suspended four games, but because there was a sweep, he's going to miss the first game of the next regular season, which is going to be rough for Winnipeg. And then also, yeah. No, yeah. I'm sorry. Keep talking. Yeah. And then also like I would, if I'm going to take a player to hand this to Carrie Price turned on the Jets. Well, yes, he turned on. <laughs> he turned the off jet. the Jets. <laughs> yeah. He, he turned off the Jets with a 0.935 save percentage. And a 1.97 goals against average. It was beautiful. He like, like after this regular season, Canadians fans weren't really happy with him. 
Like I saw a lot of the internet, a lot of people were really mad at who he was playing, saying that he's washed. And then he goes ahead and like carries a team to a sweep. Well, not, I'm not going to say carries, but he puts in a lot of effort. Like he does a lot. He limited them to, since game one, just no more than two goals, except for in game four and a one only a one goal in game three and a shutout in game two. He did a lot. Yeah, I mean, Carey Price, really the backbone of this Montreal team. Actually, Carey Price is a uh, record setter, record breaker. Um, he's the first player to be paid $10 million or more per year and win a playoff series. This really goes back to like the team mentality. Like if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, a lot of players are going to have to take like pay cuts because you're going to have to have a lot of good deep talent. And that's why we're seeing like Toronto, who's really, really top heavy. They have phenomenal stars and Marner, Matthews, Tavares. They're great, but they're all getting paid more than all of Boston's forwards combined. So... It's just like, 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 what do you expect? Like, when you put all your money in three players, they don't perform. Like Matthews and Marner didn't perform in the playoffs. You're screwed. They were screwed. Oh. Montreal. I think Carey Price was. He's definitely worth more than ten million. And I think it's just crazy how he's actually the first person to win a playoff series, getting more than ten million dollars. And that also just really shows and proves that. Like hockey is a team sport and you can't just rely on one guy. Yeah, very, very true. So uh, team mentality and what wins playoff series is depth. That is the key. And but, great goaltending. Oh, well, of course. Price. It's hard to win without a hot goalie. Every one of these teams had an amazing goalie behind them with a Montreal, Carey Price, Vasilevsky with Tampa and Varlamov with New York. But let's move on to our last series. We got the Vegas Golden Knights beating the Colorado Avalanche 4-2 in the series. But let's say it did not start out in Vegas' favor whatsoever as there was a weird decision to start Robin Leonard after Marc-Andre Fleury was having the series of his life. And then the Avalanche win 7-1. to one. They were destroying them. The penalties were everywhere. It got heated, but it wasn't a close game. Yeah, I mean, Leonard let in a ton of horrible goals, which, like, in fairness, he hasn't played in a while, especially you go into the playoff intensity against arguably the best team in the league. Um, but Leonard, he was terrible. They start, I mean, I guess you could say, like, give Flurry a break, which it worked out. He got a break. Vegas moved on. But I definitely would not have done that if I was the coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. You're in the playoffs. You start your best players every game. But – or I guess you play your best players, you don't like start them, but you start your best goalie, like whatever. I it ended up working out for Vegas. Flurry played amazing, even though they lost game two in overtime. They win game three, four, five, and six. Four in a row against Colorado is ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, they got if you told me after game one when they lost, they got whooped seven to one. And like, yes, a lot of it was Leonard, a lot of it was just the Avalanche are a phenomenal team. And um, yeah, if you told me that after they lost seven one, I'd be like, nah, you're you're lying. But um, Vegas ends up winning four in a row. They're really hot going into another really hot Montreal team. So I'm really excited to see, um, like, see the series play out. I'm just – I'm stoked. I'm rooting yeah. for Vegas now. Yeah, and taking a good look into the series, I would say three out of these six games were one-goal games, all three to two, two of those games going to, to the Golden Knights. But I'm going to say Marc-Andre Fleury was amazing this series. But in terms of like goals, like he, I'd say out of all the four amazing goalies, I would actually 
put him maybe at third behind above Barlamov, behind Vasilevsky and Price. Can, if we're taking the four winning teams goalies here, like he played phenomenally. Don't get me wrong, but I would say compared to some other guys, he was not the hottest. But like obviously, he still helped them win when it mattered. Yeah, I mean the the four the four teams left have the four hottest goalies in the playoffs um, playing best, and yeah, I mean I'm I'm not surprised by their like by the goalies play that. I mean, that these four teams are here, especially goalies, most important position, my opinion, and many others' opinions. And when your goalie is hot, your team is winning, and these teams are winning, and that's why they're all in conference finals. Yeah, that's true. All these teams are going to be great, and they're all, it's going to be intense, close matchups. Speaking of those matchups, Leo, why don't we get into them? All right, yep. First matchup, we got the Islanders versus the Lightning. Sorry, we were a little late. The timing didn't really work out, so we had to do after their first game. The Islanders ended up winning the game 2-1. to one. So the Islanders are up 1-0 in the series, but um, I still have Tampa winning in seven. Tampa is just so good. They're resilient. They're just a great team overall. And I think even though the Islanders are a really hot team right now, I just think they, they'll overpower them. And I'm going Tampa in seven. Yeah. Like, I see why you say Tampa. They have so much skill on the roster, especially with 17 mil over the cap limit, but that that's for another time. But, like, they have so many amazing players. But I think I'm going to go with the New York Islanders here because I'd say they have the better defense. Even Also, their forwards are better defensively. And also, I have more faith in uh, Barry Trotz than I do in John Cooper. I think the Lightning have more talent, but the Islanders got the coaching. They got the better team skill. And I think that the way Varlamov is playing, I think he can take them places. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I, I guess, like, the Islanders, yes, they're really good. They're really hot. But Tampa, they're better. They're less hot, but they're overall better. So that's why I'm going Tampa in seven. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a close, very physical matchup either way. Like, at the start of game one, wasn't there, like, a ton of fights already? Yeah, I mean, I was unable to watch it, but I heard there was just a ton of fights. It was really physical. Yeah, it was a very physical matchup, and it's going to stay that way the whole series because these guys are just talking beef the entire time. Yeah, I'm um, really excited to see how it plays out. But uh, I guess these two teams are really the two closer ones. And the other division, or I guess the other matchup, Vegas versus Montreal, there's the huge favorite and the huge underdog. So I'm really excited to see how this plays out. Not only the two teams, but also two players in particular, Nick Suzuki and Max Pacioretty. Uh, they were traded for each other. Suzuki was picked 13th overall by Vegas, pretty much immediately traded for, and him, or sorry, Pacioretty was traded from Montreal to Vegas for uh, Suzuki and a bunch of other players. And um, I'd say like Pacioretty is a really great player, but Suzuki he's he's playing really well he's a lot younger so right now i'm going montreal has won that trade but uh that does not think i will that does not mean i think montreal won the series i'm going vegas and five montreal yes they're really hot but vegas is even hotter are playing against arguably the best team in the league winning four in a row off them that's why i'm going vegas and five yeah, I would say that Vegas is a is very, very hot, but so is Montreal. They both won four teams four games in a row, both teams. I would say that this is going to be a little closer. I have Vegas winning in seven. I think it's going to be a little bit of a closer matchup for a couple of reasons. 
Um, Carey Price, I think, is playing much better than Marc-Andre Fleury. Both are playing amazing, but I think Carey Price is going to really put his money where his mouth – or put his game where his mouth is – or not really his mouth, it's more like where our mouths are – and play really, really out of his mind. He's shown that he has that capability against strong teams. And I would say – like Winnipeg has some great scores along with Vegas. And in terms of offensive capabilities, Vegas is definitely better, but I see a lot of similarities between them and Winnipeg. So I'm going to go with Vegas in seven, but I definitely think Montreal has more of a chance. Aren't, aren't, um, I mean, Vegas are so good, but Montreal is so hot and they're, I mean, they're playing like they played in the beginning of the season. It's not like Montreal's a bad team. Like, Montreal's good. Like, they were in first place for a while. And they kind of just fell off. Then they're really getting their stuff together. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how this plays out. Although, I do think Vegas will win in five just because they're significantly better. And they're also really hot, too. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to be gone. So, we're not going to be able to cover the next two rounds. But we can give you our cup predictions. Abe, want to go first? Sure. Um, I talked about Varlamov a lot this episode. I really gave him a lot of compliments, even as a Boston fan, because I saw what he could do when the pressure is hot. I saw Boston take six perfectly set up shots on him in a, in a span of two minutes, and he made the diving perfect save for every single one. I think Varlamov is going to take the Conn Smythe trophy here and win in seven over Vegas. I think it's going to be a close battle, but I think the defense is for the Islanders is going to pull up. No, our, our, our you know, I, I see that, you know, Islanders over Vegas, but uh, I'm going Vegas over Tampa in six. Fleury wins the con Smythe. I would love to see a Vegas versus Tampa matchup. I just think two of the most high-powered, hot, great goaltending teams just going at it in the cup finals. And um, I, I'd love to see it. And if I'm saying Vegas wins, I think pretty much the obvious choice to win Conn Smythe is Marc-Andre Fleury. 100%. Um, I mean, really, I think if if it is Vegas versus Tampa, it could really go either way. Tampa, can they defend their title? Vegas, can they avenge their 2018 uh, Cup final loss? But um, I'm going to Vegas. I think they're hungry that they didn't win. Tampa, they're hungry to win again, but I think Vegas is a little hotter. Yeah, um, I see. I really do see where you're coming from there. And I think when we're rating teams this hot, every team here is hot. Every team here is full of skill. Things could be hard to make some good predictions, but I just I hope you're right for your sake. And but I'm like I'm putting in seven, but the Islanders are looking good, especially after game one. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for listening. We are going to miss y'all so much for these next couple of months. And we cannot wait for our very special episode when we return. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Abe Lovich. This is Leo Blotner. We are Twigs on the Rocks and have a great night.